0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Letting the Light In podcast. I'm Camry, Cam Jam, KJP, or Cams, depending on the season we met or the nickname you're most comfortable with. Honestly, this podcast is a little selfish because so much light comes into my life talking to others and marveling at all that can occur. It's my earnest prayer that a little light is let into your day through these conversations. Today I'm sitting down, this is super special, in um, little babe's room. He's not here yet, but um, we're sitting in the baby's room with Joy herself, Katherine Um, I met Catherine three or four years ago at TFA Institute. Um, we have tons of mutual friends. She's from Wichita, um, and it's just sweet that we met there because teaching took such a pivotal um, role in both of our lives and have really changed a ton of our perspectives and just the... Um, sweet babes we've been able to teach have taught us a lot just about our world and um, just what a joy it is to serve them. And so I'm so excited to talk with her today about that and so many other things. She, y'all are just going to love her. She, Like I said, she's Joy herself. So um, here is my conversation with her. Hey, Katherine. Hey, Cam. How you doing? <laughs> I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I have briefly introduced you to our listeners, but if you want to add anything else, where you're
1: from what you do yeah so I was born and raised in Wichita have lived here my whole life um went to school at Wichita State um just kind of have always loved being here Mm -hmm. um my family my extended family lives in in Indianapolis and Chicago so we always traveled um up there growing up and whatnot but um yeah I um have a twin sister and an older sister who actually just had a baby so I love getting to rub Cam's belly um (laughs) Yeah, and have finished, or actually will be starting my third year of teaching in like a month, which is crazy. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm, it's my third year of teaching, but um, yeah, and I go to a church here in Wichita, City Life, and help lead worship there, um, and kind of help lead and host a city group, a community
0: group, um, through our church, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, we'll get to her voice later, because it's angelic, but um, speaking of music... Catherine, y'all, she just went to go see Johnny Swim oh in Kansas gosh. City, and I know so many people listening love Johnny Swim. <laughs> How was it? Was it I, amazing? They were incredible, and
1: I was geeking out. I was with friends. I didn't <laughs> even talk to them. I was just like beaming, smiling at them, and I was really close. And they didn't have inner ear monitors. They were just singing Seriously? like they they did just the two of them with an acoustic, and then they had a bass guy and a drum guy come out. And um, I literally walked away. I'm like. I want to find a husband and have a marriage like this. <laughs> they like look so in love. The way they looked at each other, it. I was like swoon. Oh, so, I love oh that. it was amazing. I, oh, yeah. I love I'm obsessed that. with them. And their little son, Joaquin. Did honey, he come
0: out? No, but okay. do you follow them on Instagram? So he's so cute. I know. His, yeah, he's oh, a beautiful baby. But Gosh, that's, I love them. Yeah, I, I remember when Georgia Capone came out. Oh you were like gosh. the one that told me and was oh, yeah. on your. Insta stories you'd like be driving to school uh, listening to so this so good. Yeah. So so so, so good. good. Um we walked out of our wedding to a song by them, Hallelujah, really? and then oh. our first dance was to You're Take my the World. Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Not, oh. I know. So, so good. good. Um Yeah, they're the bomb. And I feel like too, their voices are so like this is so cliche, but like just very unique. Yeah, they are. You know
1: And I love that they're married. Like I they know. just they have a cool story and I feel like I have always said this, but I would love to, like whenever I get married, to lead worship with the person I marry. So I'm like... Yes, there it is, yes, (laughs) no kidding,
0: call me everybody else that loves Catherine that's not a musician, sorry you're out of the, (laughs) you can't be in the running anymore. Um, Okay, so like I mentioned at the beginning, I'll never forget meeting you at TFA Institute, I told you this a couple weeks ago, but I walked up the stairs and was like going through the line, picking up all my papers, and you were like probably three-fourths of the way through um, the volunteers, and you were like... Hey, I'm Catherine. We have a lot of mutual friends. And you started naming people. And I was like, I know who you are. Yeah. And um, so you served us all summer, which was amazing. But that, I had no idea that you were like, like, I mean, I should have put it together that you were interested in teaching because you are volunteering at a teaching institute all summer. Um, but just how sweet it's been to like be able to connect over yeah. teaching and watching you um just thrive with your kiddos this past year, which we'll get to, but, um, did you always know you wanted to be a teacher, like, growing up? Yeah, I mean, both of my parents
1: were teachers, so okay. my dad was a professor at Wichita State, um, and my mom is still a teacher in Wichita Public Schools. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. So, my dad is a professor, and my mom, um, is a teacher, and then my older sister is a kindergarten teacher. I'm a fourth grade teacher, so literally our whole it. family teachers, and then Erica is working in a school now yeah. as a counselor, so... Just kind of, I mean, just being around that all the time, like on days off or in-service days, we would go to my dad's office and like play on his typewriter and like be in his office or every summer I'd go and help my mom move her furniture. So it was just like always something that I saw. And I think I, I kind of just always assumed I'd be a teacher, but I didn't really know the depth of why I would want to be one. Um, but like playing school and like all the school supplies, you know, love that as a kid. (laughs) But, um, TFA was really transformational for me. I, was when I started school with Shasta I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. In my freshman year, the first semester, I worked at the Child Development Center, just, okay. like, as a job. It was yeah. great. I worked, like, 15 hours a week or something. And then in January, I got a job at Jefferson Elementary, which is here in Wichita. It's a title one school. I didn't really, like... I wasn't like, oh, I really want to work at a low-income school. Yeah. I just was like, oh, this is close yeah. to my house. Like, yeah. it was great. And I was... That was the only school I'd experienced since I was in elementary school. And when I got there, I, like just fell in love like the deep relationships you make with kids especially kids who uh just have a lot of adversity facing them it's like profound and you know this but um so that was like all I knew and so I worked at Jefferson for three years and in that time that's when I got to work for Teach for America Mm -hmm. in the summer and I had a friend who had done the internship um in California and so he was like hey you should really apply and try to become a OC um gosh I can't even remember what that stands for Operational coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah operation yeah, coordinator. coordinator yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's go been a while. Um, and so I applied, and I was like, I honestly felt like super unqualified. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I was like, I'm from Wichita. Like, the people I worked with were like from big schools around right. the nation. and When we don't even have...
0: Teach for America, and which also no. you're probably like, Ugh. yeah. People are like, what's TFA? Yeah, and
1: so I remember when I got there, they're like, "Where are you from?" And what school do you go to? And people were like Tulane, blah blah blah, like yeah. all these big schools. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Wichita State. <laughs> we went to the Final Four. Yeah. Like, some of them knew we're who legit. we were. <laughs> yeah, and it was. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a teacher immediately when I started at Jefferson. I yeah. I kind of knew the reasons, the deeper reasons why. But working for TFA like really inspired me to mm-hmm. like for the. Longer purpose of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's even, and what, we'll, I mean, working for TFA, I literally got paid to like do diversity discussions and yeah. like read stuff and kind of expose myself to something that I'd never even considered. And so, yeah. about just inequality and racial racism and what everything yeah. that's going on in our world. So, it was super transformational for me.
0: Um, but yes, I like kind of always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. But, I love that. Yeah. I am um, this weekend. Hysterical! My poor father-in-law um, was flying home from. Uh, I think he was in Savannah, but he was in a layover in Chicago, and ended up such a small world, um, connecting with the guy who hired my grandma to teach at this small town in Western Canada. Yeah, so. But through that, realized that like I had literally just put it together that my grandpa, my grandma, my mom and my uncle were all math teachers. Wow! I know, and I just, it just was funny because like even when I, so when I got TFA, it was to teach early childhood in Oklahoma City. And so I moved to Kansas City for, because Tay and I were gonna get engaged and then ended up teaching math at this charter school. And I just was like, I'm, I don't know what I'm, like I can't teach math, but just to see like, even sweet little things like that, like it's in your blood and like even Mm. to know that, I had a whole bunch of math teachers before me, and I just was like, yeah. and I love teaching math. It was so fun. I love um, geeking out about that. But I, similar to you, I feel like was taught so much more in my time teaching about the things that you were talking about, like diversity and the inequity in this country mm-hmm. and just the state of the public school system, like truly had no idea. Yeah. just was so... Um, I wouldn't even say sheltered, but just not interested at all in anything (laughs) like this. This is so vain, but so true. Like, growing up, it just was like, I went to private school, and so that's what I was concerned with, and I went to school with 65 kids, and then I went to a college where I just, I mean, I, I feel like my eyes were opened a little bit more. I'm going to college in the South, but it just, I think teaching for those two years like truly opened my eyes to just like, oh my gosh, like so much inequality just in education and how that can be such an equalizer, um, but how that's just not a reality for a lot of kids now. Um, And so, yeah, I'm, like, similar to you. I feel like mine was just blown through that organization. Yeah, and, like,
1: I even, I grew up in public school, so I went through the all-Witchell public school system, like, loved my schooling. Middle school. Bless. I hated middle school. (laughs) I literally have, like, blocked it out of my memories because it was so bad. It's not our best time. (laughs) I know. But, like, I knew about it, but I think what even pushed me more and, like, was difficult for me to process was the conversations about race because Mm. I felt super uncomfortable and I would never, ever considered my race and just race in general. Yeah. And it was it was incredible for me. And in, in the sense of like, it really did open my eyes and I feel so much more aware and like even excited about what's yeah. happening. And yeah, I feel like I have an understanding of my privilege. And, um, I was just talking with a friend who we went to high school together with yeah. and I was saying, I wish as I was growing up, I was more aware of it. Like mm. I didn't even know, I didn't think about it or no, but I kind of lived, just lived my life. And now I just, and I just see things a lot differently and yeah. with with from a different lens, and I'm thankful for that. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do with my, like, new knowledge about what I've learned, but yeah. um, I'm just thankful that I, like, had that opportunity yes. to even yes. expose myself because I feel like otherwise I maybe wouldn't have ever yes learned yes, about for sure. it at all.
0: Um, okay, so we're just going to go there because I know that you'll be honest, and that's one of my favorite things about you is that you're just so real. But um, so as – I'll kind of frame it a little bit with context. So as a – Mixed, female, young teacher. I could look at across my students in the charter school that I taught at. So, for people who don't know, I taught at a charter school called the Kaufman School in Kansas City. Very high performing, um, incredibly well funded, just because of the Kaufman Foundation and mm-hmm. just the things that they do their really work like uh they're you know highly disputed but they get results and the kids really realize their potential and it just was amazing to see but um i could look out across so it was probably 90% black um 95% free and reduced lunch um so, like, the same type of kid that would be in a Kansas City public school, but just it looked much more like a private school mm-hmm. setting because yeah. of the funding, and but could look out across my students, and though I looked like many of them, could not identify mm. as strongly as I anticipated, um, purely based on race. And I think they saw me and saw, oh, my teacher's, you know, black. I think it's extremely important for kids of color to see people in leadership yeah. that look like them. Um, but. I was so, and still to this day, get so, I think, sad when it's really hard for me to identify with people who look like me because my life has not looked like theirs, you know? And so it's like, it was, I I mean, I truly believe the Lord did a miracle in my second year of teaching and the way that he bonded me to the kids that I taught. But like looking at them, it, it was still a conscious prayer and effort to be like connect me to these children because this was not my life Mm -hmm. like I'm black too but my life did Mm -hmm. not look you know and so like my I did not experience this inequality Um, I didn't experience this socioeconomic and so Mm -hmm. I think really what it was was socioeconomic was the biggest you know parallel or uh, barrier in identifying with them but I was my question for you is like as a white female do you ever feel like, man, no matter how, many, how much I love these kids and want to serve these kids, they look at me and they're like, You're different than us. Yeah. Like, you don't get it. You know, like, even with your kids this year. So, Catherine's class, which we'll talk about so much more later because they're, oh, they're just <laughs> angels. But, um, my what, like 70% Hispanic? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I I think it ranges from like 60 to 70 okay. and then kind of like 10% of like other races. Okay. But my okay. class mostly was Hispanic this yes. last year. Yeah. Um, I think it's so true there's so many times and I feel I just feel the weight of like all of it like I was, yeah there are so many things affecting them like they are are like 98 percent and reduced lunches yeah. um like very low performing um our school was actually um one of the one of 32 elementary schools in the state to get um extra funding because of how low mm. performing we were And so, like, when I – and they work and work and work. And we work so hard all year. And I can't even tell you how many sermons I give about, like, how incredible (laughs) they are. Like, I – the growth mindset I push and just kind of, like – and also, I'm, like, really real with them. I – at the end of the school year, I – gave like a 50 minute sermon. Mm. I call them sermons. They're not really, but (laughs) they kind of are about preaching. Yeah. About like how they had to read. And I showed them, like I kind of wrote on the board, like high, high income, like middle income, like low income and poverty. And Mm -hmm. I was like, our school based on statistics is down here. And I kind of showed them, I was like, so basically that's where you are. Like, I don't, and I think some of them didn't, don't know that. And part of it, I feel like is good for them not to be aware, especially at a young age, like they cannot control their right. environment. They right. cannot control their family. And so it's a little overwhelming to be like, hey, actually, did you know that you are in you live in poverty? Like, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't have never heard that word before. Yeah. But I, as 10-year-olds, t- I was like, and because I just dream of what they are, could accomplish, but I also feel the weight of like, okay, so you have, you're down here and all year long you've been making, like I had kids in second, on a second grade reading level who ended fourth grade at a second grade reading level. And yes, they made gains all year, but then we had 96 days of summer. And so I was like other kids, your age, even just down the street, like they're up here and you're kind of down here. Right. And and not in a negative way. I was like, but you don't have the luxury to take the summer off. And I like made them book bags and got like Dylan's to donate grocery bags and I filled them with like stuff for the summer. And I was like, you cannot like this, you cannot just put in your room. Yeah. But, um, kind of for them being honest, like you, you are at a disadvantage and for so many reasons. And I was like, you may not have a family member ever tell you to read this summer, but as a 10 year old, knowing that you have goals Mm. and dreams, like you can't take 96 days off. Um, and I, and even in that I was like, and I said like, they, you met them. They are the most incredible kids. Mm. Like just some of my kids yes. I like I can't wait to see Guadalupe become a teacher yes. like yes. just oh, for sure the, the, the gifts They're that they have unreal. in their spirits, yes. I'm like yes. you are you have all the potential and yes. unfortunately for so many different factors come in and like they will get the to end of yeah. yeah they'll get to yeah. end of high school and apply for college and or even not even right. know about college I mean we right. talked about it a lot but just how sometimes it feels heavy cuz I'm like that we make so many so much gain and then but other kids everywhere else are making gains too that are already on target or above target and so
0: and it started at a different place yeah Yeah. and I guess too
1: just the race thing I there are times where it's just hard for me I wish so badly that I could communicate more like a lot of my parents speak Spanish and Mm. so I'd be like hey tell your tell your mom this (laughs) okay now what did she say yeah and we have translators and stuff for or interpreters I should say for. um conferences and things, but just in general, it's harder. Like, I think I would make more phone calls home Mm -hmm. or like text parents more if I spoke the same language and Google translate. Like I, there's, there's things I can use, but in general, I feel it feels more difficult. Yeah. And to what you said about like looking and seeing like, yeah, like, I mean, sure it was easy for you, but Mm -hmm. like I, you, yeah, I think I try to relate to them, but it's, I mean, I am fully aware that my life looks very different than what they are walking through. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I, Um, I think something that I admire so much about you is the way that you do um, kind of put yourself in situations, like we were talking about this earlier, where you could very well so be um, critiqued or um, kind of be ashamed um, with the people that you are interacting with a lot who don't believe the same Mm -hmm. things that you do and who don't um, have had the same experiences, which is, it's so hard because you can't, I've like learned this several times, like you can't, um, be frustrated with someone who doesn't have the same experience as you, you you almost just want to be like, wait, no, just come with me for one day. Like, I just want you to see this. And that's, that's why I think I believe so strongly in, um, just more like rub, like life on life, like with people who look differently than you because you won't get it until, you are around people that look, that don't look the same as you, but something I admire about you is that you have walked these things and, and you're not silent about them. And mm-hmm. so like you'll bring up like the public versus private and how there is a lot of discernment and prayer needed in deciding where you're gonna send your kids, but how like there are just a lot of stereotypes that aren't true mm-hmm. and like where are our priorities at and how we decide where to send our kids okay. and, um, I something that meant so much the other night. Um, we were just talking about y'all. You know, if you have not listened to the black and white episode um, of the oh Liturgist gosh, podcast, so you have to good. go listen to it. But something oh, that Science Mike so was good. saying was that um, he a, re- a burden he feels is as as a member of the majority race of this country and like the majority socioeconomic group, they have got to address um, the just race inequity. And, and stop expecting the people who are being oppressed to, like, right. bring it up. To bring it up, Which yeah. I, I thought about that. And he the phrase he used was, like, they can't explain to you the boot when the boot is on their neck. Mm. And I love that because it's, like, it, it is, like, and, and my dad's talked about this a lot, where it's, like, it's hard to be, like, <laughs> number one, like, the only black man in the room. Yeah. But then, like, you kind of carry, like, the black race yeah. as like on you because you're the only one. And so you have to explain and you have to kind of handle yourself in a way that is um, respectable around all these people. And, and so I think for you, like something that you consistently do is you do that. Like you use your voice in a way that does that for people who might not understand and who don't have that experience. And Tay did it the other night with his um, parents. It was so sweet. We were at dinner and he had told them like a story that was, um, where the woman gets arrested and and she's convicted when she didn't do anything, but then she loses her kids and just mm. just that horrible story that's at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but he had told them about it, and I was like, "That is so sweet." Like I I very well could have brought that up, but it's nice to not be the one that's yeah. bringing up these conversations, yeah. you know. And um, I think too, like I I wasn't aware of of race, yeah, and or I wasn't it
1: wasn't on a forefront. Like I I mean I didn't think I didn't know in realize that there was so much racism still present mm. and like inequality and and I think even I think Teach for America really was this the spur of that but yeah I know and I, I this is where I have to like kind of have a heart check because sometimes I can have bitterness towards people who I, yeah. when I'm like you don't get it like you have lived a life of privilege yeah. I I mean I have very much too but like even still it's like hard for me when I when I see that people don't see the yeah. inequality or yeah. like even care for the yeah. justice. And, yeah. and I'm like, I have to remember that sometimes they, they maybe have not experienced it. But part of me yeah. is that at a point where like, but we have a, we have a, we have a, like a right now as people yeah. to like learn about it. And what you were saying now, yeah. you can't expect oppressed people to explain oppression to you. Like right. Right. you kind of have to go out and find it out for right. yourself. So right. yeah, I don't know. You're it's <laughs> <at that. laughs> no, but I'm trying and you I want to like, if, you, I mean, you sent me that
0: podcast. It was amazing I'm so thankful that you so, listened. And, yeah. Um, amazing. So I think for both of us, Jesus is like of such a central part of, well, our lives, but also just the heart for like these kids yeah. and the injustice and seeing them like he does. Um, yeah. Were you raised believing in Jesus? Yeah. Well, ish. Um, <laughs> we like went to church growing up with my mom.
1: Um But it wasn't, like, something we really talked about at home. And it was just kind of something we did. And I'm, like, thankful because I feel like I learned, like, Bible stories and things as a kid growing up. Um, But I feel like in middle school was when um, I, like, kind of took more initiative to be, like, I really want to, like, figure this out and kind of decide. And so, um, actually, Eric and I started going to a youth group in town and kind of just got really plugged in there and made great friends. And that was definitely, like, the start of, like, more in-depth and, like, okay, I really do... um, Want to believe in this and like yeah. I, everyone's always like, oh yeah, this big. Some people have like cool transformational right. stories. I'm like, I don't really think I had a, yeah. like a big one. It was Just gradual. Yeah, yeah, it was at a camp. I feel like at a camp at a retreat one yeah. time. I was like sitting on the deck doing a quiet time, and I'm like, yeah, I like really want to do this. And yeah. I don't think in middle school it, I it clicked for me. But I know like I believed in Jesus and I wanted to follow Him. And if you look, if I look back at my life, like I've been in church and like been in community and like been around people who have spurred me on. So it's definitely been a huge piece of my life for a long time. But I yeah. think as I've gotten older, obviously it's just become definitely more permanent. And I think, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on it too, but just like the last two years, I think has really solidified yeah. like, okay, this is, I'm going to, I'm choosing this and I yes. really do believe in Jesus and who he is. And, yeah. um,
0: the so that he offers. Yeah. That. Um, so correct. This might be wrong. Is the the youth group that you got a part, became a part of, now the guy who was in charge of that, like, now the pastor at the church. Yeah. Church. Okay, which is, I only mention that because um I love, I think, examples of, like, where you didn't necessarily know what God was doing in your life, but how now, like, what, like, eight, ten years later, yeah. to see that that's still such a part of your I life, know. and who the Casaminos have been to y'all, and, like, the kids, like, seeing their kids grow up, I and know. just how sweet that is, yeah. you know, to have for that relationship to be that long. I love now seeing some of the girls that I babysat like graduate and just seeing people grow up. I feel like this last,
1: even just this last year, I'm like, I'm so grateful for like the legacy friendships. Like I know friendships are for sometimes for seasons, but I feel like once you've made like 10 years, like you're going to be right. Right. And it's just so sweet when I think, and even just kind of what I've walked through, it's been really good for me to have people that have known me for so long to kind of like know who I am and what, um, life has looked like and how it's changed and whatnot. So it's yeah, yeah. I
0: love that. And, yeah. Um, so it's been two years since you're almost two almost years. Almost two years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I remember y'all going on. Actually, I remember going to Starbucks with you and yeah, your like sister the night before, before. Yes, before you're leaving for your trip, yeah. you're packing and you're talking about how excited y'all were because, um, I mean, you were excited to go on the trip, but your excitement mostly came from. Um, seeing how pumped your dad was just yeah. because he had planned all of it and put so much work into it, it just was sweet to see you both like kind of giggling like yeah he's really pumped about this trip um so that was like two weeks y'all went to Canada. We went,
1: well no well we ended in canada okay. we went to uh, and by the way like my dad was a crazy good planner okay. of like vacations and so they okay. were both teachers so we always had summers off yes so that's like something i'm so thankful for like we lived pretty minimally growing up but like my parents definitely made a sacrifice is like my dad would plan these incredible trips and every summer we would drive yeah. all over the country and go on these really cool vacations and like as a kid I didn't really think much of it but right. now as an adult I'm like wow like that is a huge sacrifice like even just hotels like that adds up so quickly yes. and just the thought and planning so I love that. I'll, uh, most of our vacations like he would literally plan a year in advance because things book up like yeah. so anyway I love that. well over a year before we went he made plans and we'd actually been Eric and I got to go with my dad just the three of us to the grand Tetons when we were juniors in high school and wow. we stayed in on the lakefront um like cabin type thing overlooking the um, grand Tetons and talk about majesty like holy heck oh my gosh and um so anyway we got so we hit the road and we went to Estes park and I'd never really been to Colorado to see it before and it was so fun I actually it's like this the trip is so bittersweet like it's so good but it's so hard and yeah. I got tonsillitis, raging tonsillitis on the trip. Oh my gosh! Like I didn't know, gooey, that. gross pus coming oh out of my tonsils. No. Like couldn't even swallow. It was horrible. So I was sick like the first part oh, of the trip, yeah, and my I no idea. my doctor prescribed medicine like at some some um, grocery store in Colorado, and we picked oh it up. Gosh. And so for a few days, like I didn't feel, I couldn't do anything. And so we went to Estes Park, and then we went to Grand Tetons in Yellowstone area. Yeah we got to stay in the same cabin that we stayed in, like, a few years ago. Um, and then we made our way up to Glacier National Park in Montana. So we basically just followed the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. like. And I remember we were driving to uh, Montana, and I'm like, where are we? Like, I'm like, there is nothing near. I mean, Montana, <laughs> Wyoming, like, not a lot going yes, on. Yes, And all of a sudden it's like, ah! We pulled up, and we were at this incredible hotel. And I think it was called the Manny Glacier Hotel, and it's, like, really historic And, um, we had two rooms and it overlooked this gorgeous glacier and just lake insane. Yeah. And, um, it was kind of there that we, and my, I mean, when we were in Wyoming, I could like, my dad was starting to get sick and like, like kind of running a fever, like wasn't feeling himself. Um, and so we like you know, anyway, we ended up going all the way up to Banff, Canada, which was like the creme de la creme, oh, so and beautiful. he had gone, my dad had gone there as a kid with his family, Um, and I highly recommend if you ever have the chance to go, and totally. yeah, okay. oh my god, Lake Louise, it's literally the most turquoise blue water, and it overlooks, wow. I mean, it looks like, yeah. it looks like heaven, like, yeah. I just, so we had a room that overlooked the glacier, and there's other rooms everywhere, but like, my dad made... It's wow. so I don't know how he got the, the room but he got a room that looked over it and um and that was really hard because that was like when he was really really sick and we yeah. had to make a uh three day drive like just drive for three days to get home wow. so um that trip is like so yeah it was so good but like also so hard because yes. it was the start of yeah some really 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 hard months yeah so
0: so that was in like end of July, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. So y'all got back to Wichita, and did he immediately go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then fought for a couple weeks. Nine weeks in the hospital, actually. Wow, I did yeah. not realize it was that. And long.
1: so that's where, like, even just—I mean, the faithfulness of God and where I'm at at Harry Street, because like the timeline is so hard. But like, yeah. so he went to the hospital, and then I'm not going to go into all the medical dish details. But in the midst of him being in the hospital. Eric and I moved into a house. Mm -hmm. Our cousin, Christine, flew in and helped us move, and it was just so good having her there. Yeah. Um, And I started my career, and...
0: First year teaching, good God. uh,
1: And I missed my first full week of school. I didn't even go to the first day of school, um, because things got really, really bad. And um, so I vividly, like, remember my first day of school, which was a week after school had started. Yeah. And I, like... It's just funny how... Yeah. I just felt like I had to bandage myself up like with paper, like ace yeah. bandage and like walk in and I left that day and I just wept because I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. I can't do this. Like I'm yeah. there's too much going on in life and like it's the burden was so heavy yes. and there there's so much uncertainty with my dad and like it's just so hard to watch someone you yes. love suffer oh and so gosh. the first two months of school like were so hard mm-hmm. and I really didn't want to be there but like I did because I think having something to do was really yeah. good, but it was also difficult because I would, like, wake up early, go to the hospital, get to school at, like, 7, then leave immediately and go to back hospital. to the hospital. And I remember one day some teacher was like, you're getting out of here pretty quick for a first-year oh, teacher. Gosh. And I, like, oh, I just, gosh. and I think even through all this, I'm like, ah, grace with people. Like yes. You just never know what yes. anyone's going through. Yes. So, um, yeah, and then I, I missed another week um, when my dad passed in, so my first year of teaching was literally, like, just loss upon loss and, like, yes. hurt and ache. But in all of that, and, like, most days, I – it was hard because I didn't have the community. Like, I yeah. didn't – no one knew me. I hadn't even worked there. Right. So I felt like people – there was one teacher, and she's, my, like, my bestie. She's our librarian, Rebecca Foster. She's incredible. Every day she would come up and say, how can – like, when my dad was in the hospital, she'd say, how can I check in on him? Like, how can I pray? Wow. And then she would come in almost daily in the mornings to see me. And usually I just bawled. Wow. But, like mm. – it was so, I just deeply admire her. Um, so the whole first year, like in, despite all of how hard it was, like, and I'm not, I, I can talk about all that for days, but, um, it was so beautiful because I totally knew that I was where I was supposed to be. And I had no clue what I, I I was like, I don't know how to teach. Like, I'm like, I literally, every day I'm like, Oh, surprise. Like yes. what am I teaching today? Yes. yes. Um, but it was so beautiful and that's where I'm like, I'm just thankful that I feel like I have friends that are in jobs maybe that they don't love or like right. definitely like don't see themselves being there. And I'm like, no, I so mm-hmm. totally know that's where the Lord has me, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I remember too, um, which this is, I wish Tay was in here sitting with us cause mm. this is like, he still brings this up mm. how impactful this was. Um, But meeting y'all at Reverie, I think we were in town either for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I can't remember, of that year. Um, So we'd just been married a couple months, and your dad must have just passed away at that point. And um, just sitting down with y'all, and you know, you hear people say like, oh, you know, through suffering, like, it just was really tough, and I couldn't, like, pray, and I couldn't, but I think to sit across the table and for both of you to be like, yeah, like, going to church right now is really hard. Like, Mm -hmm. when we make it there it's really hard. And to know that like, number one, the Lord isn't any more distant in those moments. Mm -hmm. Like um, when you're going through that, That because you're not showing up on Sundays, doesn't mean that he's not near to you, but just, I think to vocalize and give other people the freedom freedom to just be honest Mm -hmm. through like a horrific time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love to how you still, like, grieve very publicly about your dad just because how precious he was to you and how that, um, I think, gives permission to people that you don't have to, like, get over it, you know? and I think, I, like,
1: I feel like sometimes Christians maybe even make it seem like it's not okay to be, like, Uh to grieve or to feel sad. And I think maybe that was a misconception I thought I had, but I have learned, like, it is 100% okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, in all of that... I, uh, when you were talking about, like, going to church on Sundays, like, I was, I was very angry, and, like, the whole time my dad was in the hospital, I never once thought he was going to die, ever, Mm. until the day it happened, and so I just, like, was angry, and he was my, like, my best friend, and my favorite person in the whole world, so it was, like, it literally, I mean, it rocked my entire world, and I, I remember, I was, like, I had still, like, kind of kept leading worship, and one, I, like, went to band practice one night, and I, like, texted our worship pastor, and was, like, I can't yeah. lead on Sunday. Yep. Like I am faking it till I make it. I'm yeah. like, I can't get in front of, in front of people and do this one. I know like where my heart is. And yeah. I think what's so cool to see now is that in that time, like it's okay to be upset and to be angry. And like, there is so, it's just, it's, it's completely justified to yeah. feel like, to feel grief and to yep. feel lost and to work through that. And, um, I think I took a step back for a little bit, but in all of that, like questioning and just like, I don't get this. Like I, and I wouldn't even touch on this, but like um, eight months prior to losing my dad, I lost my friend Erica Owen in a tragic accident. I didn't even that. Wow! Yeah, okay. she actually, yeah, she drowned um, in a lake, and it was very like sudden and tragic. Wow. And so, I had lost Erica, like walked through all of that, and then eight months later, Your lost dad. my dad. Yeah. And so I was just like, I don't get this. Like I'm yeah. 22 years old. Like i I was so angry. And so yes. in that, I was like, okay, there's two choices. Like one, I like. Lose everything and like Mm -hmm. just be done. Mm -hmm. And pardon me. And like, first off, I would lose all the people I love, like Mm -hmm. all my community, all my all my peeps. Yeah. The other one was like, okay, I'm gonna press it. And even though I don't know, I don't understand, and I'm angry, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And so I remember like showing up to like city group or church and like definitely with bitterness in my heart. And I'm like, people would be like, how are you? I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Like you don't like. There was don't a solid, yeah, there was a solid, yes. like, six months that I could not have empathy for anyone yes. else because yeah. I was aching so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I was, like, I felt like what people were walking through was not as hard yeah. as what I what I did. And it, Yeah. But anyway, and so in all of that, I, like, have learned and totally come on the other side being, like, you know what, like, I don't have to know everything and I won't understand God's timing and His plan. Yeah. But I can hundred percent say that he is faithful and he's steadfast in all of that. And mm-hmm. so like, I think that was on the outside being like, okay, so I don't get it all and yeah. I'm not going to just lose everything. I'm going to keep, right. keep growing and being trusting and like knowing that he's going to provide, like yeah. just even with my job at Harry street, like so beautiful. And I will never stop telling that, like yeah. just so faithful mm. and beautiful. And, yeah. um, but yeah, it was definitely, there was a season where I was like, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not okay. And like, right. I wasn't. And yeah. And it's, it's okay to not, like, that's completely normal. Yes, yes, so, yeah. And then, like, I mean, fast forward a year, then I lost my friend Kyle. Yeah. So it's just, like, in the last, less like, year, it was a year and a half all in the differences. Like, as a 20, I was 23, going on 24 when Kyle died. And, like, in two, two years of my life to experience, like, Three, so very close, yeah, yeah, death and loss. It's, like, it really shapes, shaped me, and, like, I feel like even sometimes now it's difficult for me to like uh open up with people sometimes. Yeah. when I was saying about the legacy, like right. it's been so sweet for me to like share about my like where I'm yeah. at with people that have known me my whole life or yeah. like known me for ten years. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to share with people who didn't know me mm-hmm. because they didn't yeah. like to walk through that Before with me. That,
0: yeah. Yeah. Ugh I like Ugh just I feel like suffering too is such a thing that um like you know that it's gonna happen in yeah. your life at some point, but just like you can't prepare for it, right? Like there's... no matter what y- leads up to it, you cannot have done like ten things just to like give yourself a softer cushion,
1: right? You just can't, you know. There's there was a there's a sermon from the Village Church called "Rung Out," okay, and it rocked my world. Yeah. Like basically, Matt Chandler just talks about um, like how. Like, there sure and steady will be disappointments and yeah. heartbreak in life and, like, how the Lord is still steadfast through that. And yeah. um, we don't see all that he sees. And we're currently reading the knowledge of the holy in our city group, and it's just mm. so good. But, like, so good. to, th- I think sometimes I, I do put God in a box. and like, I, like, relate him to human terms. In this book, like, just talks about how, like, he is nothing of humanness. Yeah. And, like, just, like, thinking about the attributes of him. And so in, like, the timeline and all of that, I'm, like, he is outside of time, like he sees all things at once, and yes. he is working for our good. And so, it's just in the moment, and yeah. and and that's where I'm like, in the moment, it's it's okay to like have heartbreak, and it's not. I like felt almost like I couldn't. Most sometimes with some of my Christian friends, I felt like I couldn't be mm. as honor as honest with them about like yeah. I'm not okay right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think now I'm like no, it's it's valid, and I think it's been cool. Like I had a friend who lost his mom this year, and it was just sweet to me that I could even just have some, like, under, some understanding, like, everyone has different relationships with everyone, and
0: only you know what that looks like, yeah, for sure, um, but, for sure, yeah, yeah, that's something I feel like is such a, it sounds horrible to even say sweet, but, like, a sweet, um, counterpart with suffering is that it gives you a deeper understanding for when other people suffer, and I even, I think I talked about this on my, um, the pregnancy podcast, but I think having it taken Tay and I, as long as it did, like it mm-hmm. gives me more than just a tender heart to yeah. like women who are experiencing like just the waiting and the process and, and cause I think I would have believed that it just happens instantaneously. Yeah. But I think like with as, as hard as that was for a year, like that gives a more tender heart for me, you mm-hmm. know, for women and, um, which is sweet. And, um, I was going to ask you like, and it might be hard for you to remember, but for those of us who either have people in our lives, um, I mean, here, we either exist in two camps. We either have people in our lives right now suffering or we ourselves are suffering right now. Um, So, like, as somebody who's experienced just very deep suffering in the past couple of years, what, like, were meaningful things that people Mm -hmm. did or said? Or, like, what did you need that you feel like if if somebody just would have known like this is this is what you could have done yeah. or said um i like showing up i think yeah. sometimes it's
1: really uncomfortable like i had a substitute teacher for my school she's incredible her yeah. son just committed suicide and like oh i had no words i did yeah. not know what to say like cuz i just can't even i can't yeah. fathom what that what yeah. that feels like and looks like and but just being there so like yeah. um Small things that people did, and like this is just so funny how our we work. But like food, obviously, yeah. like when we were at yeah. the hospital, people would show up with food and all the time, and just sit with us. Like that meant so much, and like I never, I didn't need people to say anything. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. I just needed someone to sit with me, right. and especially the months afterward, like having friends literally just let me sob, and like I don't want you to say anything. Like yeah. sometimes I would be annoyed when people would try to say something, like yeah. no, just let me feel how I'm yes. feeling. Yes, um, so just being there, and like it does feel uncomfortable sometimes, but knowing that like just physically yeah. being in someone's um, yeah. reach is That's really deeply good. impacting. That's really good. Um, and I think something too that I really came about come, came out of it knowing is like a lot of people say, I'm so sorry. Like, let me know if I can do something, which is well intentioned. And I, I know that people say that with, with a heart, like right. I want to do what you need. Right. But when you're like planning a funeral and like all this stuff, it's like, I'm not going to reach out to you. Like yeah. when someone was like, Hey, I'm bringing a meal over at your house at five tonight, I'm like, yeah. sweet, yeah. wow, that's so nice, I don't have to cook yeah. dinner, or, like, someone just showed up and mowed our lawns, like, yeah. my mom and our lawn, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah. what a blessing, like, yeah. I, yes, we needed our lawn mowed, yeah. but I'm not going to say, hey, would you m- mow right. our lawn, right, so kind of, like, if, if people are hurting and suffering, like, don't ask what you can do, say, that's so good, I'm going to do this, or, like, um, I'm going to bring you lunch, would you like Chipotle or Jimmy yes. John's, like, that's don't so ask, good. like, yeah, could I bring you lunch, right, so say, just, I'm going yeah, to do it. Yeah, yes. That's so, good. so that that's was so good. so good. And I think even now it's good for me too to be like, I can use that with other people. Yeah. Um yeah. but in just kind of knowing that you don't have to say anything. I think mm. and I sometimes was like hurt by what people would say. Yeah and I think they meant well, but honestly, sometimes silence is good. Like it's uh-huh. okay to just like to just be uh-huh. um, yeah. So yes. I think that is those are some really good like like easy takeaways. Right. right. Um but obviously just like I think when you start living in community, like, it really, life is messy. Like, no one's life is together, right. and, like, we are messy people. But, like, really being there for people in, in in all of that and, you know, being really honest. I think sometimes we as people, like, act like we have it all uh-huh. together. and And when you're honest with people, then they can help carry the weight of it. Like, yeah. I... Wow, even just, like, when Erica passed away, like, the way our community group kind of rallied around and, like, when her parents came into town, we just got to do, like, some, like, acts of service, but, like, just physically, like, loving her family. But then, like, the way our people, and not even just from our church, like, just everyone, like, held us up. Like, Mm. I'm forever changed from that. Like, I, yeah, I say this over and over again, but I, I, like, joke, but I'm not, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. joke, but I, like, said I would, like, have needed to, to be like hospitalized because yeah. if I didn't have people, I don't know how I would have done it. Yes. Like yeah, especially having that. to yeah. go teach and like yes. just walking through yes. all of that. And it, specifically more during the days when my dad was in the hospital. And like, yeah. it just felt like, no, I can't do this. Yes, yes. So having yes. people in your corner and physically, spiritually, yes. all yes. the above supporting you, like yeah. you need that. And I even convicted just talking with you now, yeah. like I need to be a better, do a better job of doing that for yeah, other people. With people. I know. Yeah. I think
0: the, what you said about just doing something like is so good because you're right when people ask it is with the heart but then that puts the ball back in yes. court. yes and you're to, like i don't have time for that or like right? i can't like, process I don't even what know i need. actually what i need yeah yeah like i yeah. don't even know i can't even think straight right yeah. now yeah no that's so good mm-hmm. um that'll mm-hmm. be oh i'll definitely i need to like write that down mm-hmm. when people and the fact that you're right you don't need to say anything hmm you can just be there like and sometimes like if if you feel if it feels
1: appropriate but I think just especially like immediately after I was like I yeah. just didn't really care
0: what people had to say yeah. yes. and it was more just like just be here with me yes you know? yes um okay switching gears a little bit your students this year I know oh melt my, heart. my gosh so um <laughs> I for just for context and I think September when we moved here, I was um, still like just figuring out kind of what life was going to look like and was really feeling like the weight of having a hole in my heart of not teaching Mm. and specifically teaching kiddos that, you know, are behind. And so um, I knew Catherine was teaching at um, Harry Street, which is the uh, the school she's talked about, um, being so blessed by in the last two years and going on year number three. But um, I just in september went to read to them one day and like genuinely was not planning on it becoming like a weekly monthly thing Mm -hmm. um but i think having i mean they like enchant you Mm -hmm. um and i think just to see and remember how much it meant like when people came to my my classroom and like how good it was for kids to just have a little bit of something different in their day um and so went and read and I just, I mean, y'all know this, I love books and reading. And so it was like such a joy for me too. But, um, if you fast forward, I would say probably over the course of the school year, um, probably went like a dozen times Yeah. and Tay would go with me sometimes. And like, like we did always bringing baked goods. They, always. They were, um, <laughs> very, uh, they were not harsh critics let's just say that on my baking <laughs> skills um which i appreciate they all want they all asked and, me for
1: your recipe for your oh like gosh, butterscotch cookies, cookies. Yeah,
0: which is the first cookie i brought that's so sweet <laughs> that it lasted that long mm. the legacy of the butterscotch cookies thanks great grandma um but th- it was so sweet too because they got really invested too when we told them that we were going to have a baby oh and gosh. so they just were devastated when they realized like the baby was not going to come before the school year and they're like wait what?" um but, do you feel like it was a unique bunch? Like, yes, I, okay. my first
1: year, like, I loved my yeah. kids, and I, I mean, like, I'm, I just, I know it's, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, yeah. so I feel like I will love any kids I have yeah. in front of me, but this year, like, I thought, actually, I would never love kids as much as I loved my first, first year, it's, like, yeah. so, trans, you know, right. sticks to your heart, right. but this class, like, I just felt like I had... Maybe it was, like, I was a better teacher, but I really feel like it was the kids. But I think the environment we created. So, like, something small. Yeah. We did class meetings every Monday. Yes. And, like, they could write a kudo or, like, um, a question. And every week we had these meetings. And it was, like, their favorite part of the week. And it was, like, yeah. 15 minutes. But we got a kind of this habit of, like, words of affirmation. And mm. Mm, I'm a words person, so, like, mm. I love them and I give them. And I'm obsessed when people give them back to me. And I am not kidding. I think because of, like how we did class meetings slash yeah. like me just kind of writing on their desks like sticking they I, every day I got a note from a kid almost every day <sighs> and I'm like and I and I started doing this thing I would write them back so like when they get they would bring it in the morning and then I had just like dollar spot cards from Target and I would leave it on their desk like during specials and so it was just like beautiful Sweet. I don't know it I think I was way more aware of the culture in yes, the room this yes, year yes, than yes, I was yes, my first yes. year I think my first yeah. year I literally was drowning with like yes. my nose above the water yes. and like Surviving and this year I was still a little bit drowning, and this is right. like I still don't know what I'm doing, right, right. but definitely thriving a little bit more.
0: Oh, classroom um, culture like changes the yeah. Age. And oh, what yeah.
1: you said earlier about having people like, I can't do my job alone, and even just inviting people in, like, this is what it looks like. And yeah, I was joking, I think sometimes I overshare on my Insta stories like during the school year about my kids. No, you know, but you it's don't. so fun for me to like get ex- like, expose my friends who don't know what it looks like yeah. to see what it looks like, and yes. it's just sm- small things, but I. Cannot like express the gratitude I have for like you and Tay, but also like other people that have come in to love. And yeah. you guys were the most faithful and consistent. Yeah. And they raved about you every day. They asked if you were coming on Friday. I'm like, yes, she's coming. <laughs> and then there would be some days I, I forget to text you, and right. you just showed up. And right. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> hey! Like in the middle of teaching reading intervention, and that was. So good, and I think even just seeing, like, a strong marriage and yeah. coming in and having Sweet. consistency and just reliability is
0: something mm. so good for um, our, my kids Gets to see. And, yeah. yeah, I agree. I remember when we would do, um yeah, even just your comment about marriage. Like, it can be a very foreign concept sometimes yeah. in kids' worlds to be like, oh. oh, look at two people who, especially just the way that, you know, dating culture is now, mm-hmm. like with a lot of it being online yes, and you they don't get to see a lot of everyone if they're
1: married or if they have kids, they want to know. <laughs> so gosh. funny. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And they, the Beyonce, what did they, what did, you know, Oh yeah. She told name. me, um, what, what, oh, she gosh. had a name,
0: something from Beyonce. She did. Oh yeah. She just said, you need to name whatever Beyonce names her twins. Oh, so I was yes. like, is he going to have a double name? <laughs> she was hysterical. I loved her. I she, know. um, she's so yeah, cute. she was awesome. Okay. So was it hard to talk to your kids during the election? Yeah. And Ooh, that's like a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. I
1: mostly Hispanic kids, and like yeah. I I remember like leading up, like for the, some of them, like they didn't have at, factual things, like yeah. they just had a lot of fear, right? And um, but they'd say things like, Oh, we're all getting kicked out. I'm like, No, oh, you're not, like, yeah. and I had to kind of reassure them, but I feel like it was hard for me because I felt like I needed to sem- maintain a professional, like, teacher yeah. responsibility with them, but I really wanted to just talk to them as a like mm-hmm. a friend and be like, mm-hmm. Hey. Um, A few lunch bunches on Fridays where kids were, like, really honest, and I had some interesting conversations and just, like, hearing them share, and, like, they're nine years old, but they, like, get it, and it's their world, but I will never forget in February, right after um, Donald Trump was elected, I had a conference with a parent, and this is all through a Spanish translator, like, she doesn't speak English, and she is bawling, telling me that she has to go back to Mexico, like, they are Mm -hmm. not citizens, like, they don't have papers, And her daughter is sobbing, and I'm like, I, we're all crying. Like, I didn't, I did not know what to say. Like, that is completely foreign to me to, like, to think and know that your entire world has just shifted and that, that people who are in power maybe are not advocating for you like you would have hoped. Yeah. And, oh man, it just mm. like, it rocked my world. And I was like, I really hope you guys stay. Like she said that she had been meeting with different lawyers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I think she actually had, she had a visa or something, but she had to go back to like get her permanent residency or yeah. something. I don't know all the logistics, right. but, um, just to see like, and, and know someone who like was deeply impacted by mm. changes. And like, yes. so it was really hard and any t- Like we had Scholastic News. Um, like a script subscription so every week we get one and there are so many with donald trump on the front they're like no don't I'm give gonna... it to me i'm like y- please read that like yes, i wanted them to like yes. read it and there was one day where we kind of like fact checked and so it had like it was okay. like hillary versus um Donald had, like, the different points, and right. I was like, so there were things, and I was like, okay, and they were more informed, and I was like, okay. when you speak about, like, what you, what you're thinking, what you're saying, to, yes. like, n- come with some facts, yes. so, yes. I love that. um, like, cite your evidence, as we talked about here, so it. I'm like, you I can, you can quote things now that you've
0: read a little bit right. about it, but be more instead of just being like, he's that.
1: kicking out all yeah. Mexicans, <laughs> well, no, let's, no, yeah.
0: yeah, let's get our facts straight, no, I love that, that's, like, such a sweet position for you to be into. like, very hard, but also for you, it's a unique time in our country's history you know Mm -hmm. for and for you to be surrounded by so many people that it would affect yeah you know like to be able to have those conversations and that's cool that you got um that chance and just that unlike a lot of um probably exchanges as those kids were having like you did it in a way that was like okay you don't have to be Mm -hmm. 100 percent full of fear like let's look and let's investigate like let's you know, go about this in like a rational way and, and still, you know, address things that are very realistic fears that you have. Um, but also let's not proliferate kind of the ignorant, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: what was, I think another really profound day was when they had a day without immigrants. I can't remember what day it was. I had, I think four students show up or maybe six, four or six the whole day. And it was like, Wow. And I remember kind of knowing it was coming. So yeah. I'm like, I wonder and a couple parents were like, Hey, by the way, our kids aren't coming to school tomorrow. Yeah. Just like I appreciate but I one hundred percent was like, You go for it. Like yeah. you can pr- protest and in, in kind of show. Yep. And it was funny though when they came back, one kid was like, Yeah, it was called it was a day without Mexicans. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, if you skip school, like I want you to know like what you were yes. you know. Yes, so
0: protesting. But it was yeah.
1: really profound to like look around and be like my whole class is not yeah. here. Like, yeah. I have four kids to teach today, yep. which I mean, literally altered everything I did all day. Because I'm like, I can't move on without yeah. my whole class. Yeah. So yes. that was also a really profound like visual yeah.
0: for me to see like,
1: holy cow, holy, uh-huh. holy cow! Like my my whole class has yeah. gone and they're yes. all
0: like immigrant yes. families. Yes, that is that's like, yeah, puts it very concretely. Yeah. Um. So I remember as, uh, when I was teaching, I wanted like a, a platform and like a megaphone, and I just mm. wanted to like scream it to everybody just like things about my kids that were true that like are not Mm. what people believe and that are not represented in the media um Mm. about their intellect and their culture and just several things so like now having taught for two years in this school what um two things like what do you want people to know about your precious babies and um like how can those of us who are not if in the trenches day to day where you are right now, like how can we serve and like be a helpful change? Mm. Cause I think too, it's it's one thing to be putting a whole bunch of stuff on your social media and, and people see that and it's meaningful. But I think like what really as a teacher would like change your, yeah. you know,
1: I think something I, I learned and I would love for other people to learn is like the idea of that people in poverty, like that they're choosing that mm. or like, that they the people on welfare like, oh, I'm just getting a welfare check, so I don't want to work. Yeah. I'm sure that there is a small percentage of people in that camp, but for the most part, like the families I work with, like, my mind was completely altered when I saw like they are doing the best that they can where they're at. Working hard. Working hard. Like when I'm like this was as a teacher, I'm like, kids, it wouldn't bring homework back. I'm like, I wouldn't really argue about it. Cause I'm like, I knew the family, like their parents worked the night shift. So like they went to bed and then their like older sister was their high school sister was at home. I'm like, so I get like, there are so many things where it just helped change my mind. Like people in poverty and people who, you know, are getting government assistance are not doing it to just be lazy. Like a lot of them are working. I had a mom who had four kids, single mom working at McDonald's for four hours a day. Like That was a job she could get, and she had a job. But, like, can you imagine supporting four kids on a McDonald's salary four hours a day? Like, That's, like, not possible. No. And she's pretty uneducated, so it's, like, hard for her to get a job anyway. Yep. And that's where I think, too, something else I would love is, like, I think it's so important to realize that there are many factors affecting kids. And, like, so when kids, like, kids in hard schools, like, here she is a hard school, like, have a lot of behaviors. It's not that they're just, like, having behaviors like so many of those kids have gone through trauma Mm. and there are so many studies that talk about like when you're developing and you experience trauma like as a child you literally like synapses do not connect and the way that we had a training on brain and poverty and it like rocked my world there's actually a book good book that I read last summer called teaching with poverty in mind I will give it to you if you want to read it but um how like, the kids who experience trauma, like, extreme trauma when they are developing, then they come into a situation already at, like, a heightened level of freaking out. Like, that's, I'm not using the correct words, but how when I would probably walk into a situation kind of calm, like, they're already at, like, a higher stance. So, like, something small, they can, like, have some crazy behaviors. And I think a lot of times, even just in the teacher world, like, sometimes teachers talk really poorly about their kids. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you, there are so many things that are affecting that. And part of it's like, yes, like you can, the kids, like there's a chance for them to change, but it's also very important to know like what kids are coming in with. So I would, I would love for all people to know that like poverty is not like something people choose Mm. at all. It Mm -hmm. isn't. And then like, there's so many factors affecting kids that we don't see on a daily basis. And even just like if parents, if there's like, there was a, simulation we did where the a parent was out of diapers for the, yeah. their baby and they only had one bus ticket and he's right. either take their kid to school or go get diapers and it's like go get diapers like yeah. so even yep. just some of the absence yes. stuff like yes yes
0: some of it is laziness but like most times there's a reason why yes exactly yes so, yeah. yes yeah I remember wanting people to know that um like I I have to be real with my students I have to acknowledge the reality of where they're at yeah but where they're at is not where you started. Right. You know, like, um, we, when we had, um, the girl living with us, Isha, we like, our probably like biggest coming to Jesus with her, like real talk moment was like, just acknowledging like, you are a black female. Mm. So like where you're starting is like way, 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 way behind where a lot of people start in this country. Yeah. We're not saying it's your fault. We're just like, you have to like, I, I feel like until you're aware of that, um, on her side, and then on the flip side, like if you're a white male, mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that too. Yeah. Amen. how that informs like other people's journeys and how hard they have to work. Um, mm-hmm. I think, too, just the if you work hard, you'll make it. Like, yes, no. and like
1: that is so it, yeah, and even just like getting jobs, like, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I could go on and on. Yes, but yes. it was, yeah, very uh, eye opening. I know, it's so hard because the American dream is just not, yeah, it seemed you like know? not for everyone. Yeah, it's, like. If, if it were just working hard, then poverty wouldn't exist, Right. You know, like yeah. a lot of people that are in poverty work extremely hard, yeah. but yes. Okay. I love that. Um, all right. We're at the point where I'll ask you the five questions at the end that I ask okay. every guest. Um, okay. If you were taking yourself out on a date, what would you do? Oh, just
1: myself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love going to the movies and I'm kind of obsessed. Do you with- really? Yes. I didn't know that. I love going to the movies. Okay. So I would probably go eat something delicious like Red Rock, like mm. oh, it's just so blessed. good. Um, and then go to Warren Twenty One because okay. got, once you go, you can't go back. Like they have reclining, heated seats, like game changer. So I would go see a movie by myself. Okay. And I've I've gotten a couple that.
0: movies by myself, and it's really great. Oh, it's like, so
1: great! I love it. It's so great. Um,
0: I would definitely do that. I just saw somebody post too about going to eat by themselves. They're like, we need to take away the stigma of this. Yeah. Like, go take yourself on a date. Yeah. Like, take book to a restaurant you know like, i'll like only read, pick out know?
1: places like panera or um where's another place i go like dylan sometimes yeah. i sit by
0: myself I'm like i could go anywhere i want exactly to, right. yeah i take myself out on a date i love that um someone or something you never get tired of Ooh. well this is someone i don't
1: well currently this summer
0: i've really enjoyed um
1: going to turbo kick yes. And i like yes. <laughs> so i haven't gotten tired of it like i go four times a week I love it and I see Camry every time I go into the gym <laughs> she's always on her treadmill but um it's really fun and it's like the most epic music so I love, I, I love to dance yes. anyway so it's like it's not dancing but it's like kickball it's just so yes. I haven't gotten I love tired it. of that I love slash that. I would definitely say like you are someone I never get tired Aww. of because really Cam, because you like you push me to be a better like teacher person so friend sweet. so Aww. I love yeah really? it's an honor to be on your podcast so sweet. today
0: this, this, people are going to love this one. This is such a good one. I'm like, of course, I always have great conversations with you, but uh this one was ballin'. Okay. Someone, excuse me, something, podcast, TV show, restaurant, workout class, literally anything that you find yourself recommending to people lately.
1: Ooh. Uh, well, just because of what you're talking about earlier, right. I was recommending Savage Inequalities to a few people. Ooh. It's a book um, that talks about, like, it basically, it's, I think it was written a few years ago but okay. um, maybe a couple decades ago actually but it talks about the educational disparities in America like in just like funding in public education so, and yeah, inequalities oh
0: okay. it's so that good sounds so good okay um, do you have that too yeah I do okay. can, I'll give it to you okay I need yeah. to come and Catherine's moving to a new house too so I need to go visit and take yeah. my house for my gift and then I'm going to take a yes <laughs> it's so good I can't wait um, okay would your high school self have believed you are where you are now
1: yeah uh, Yes and no, like, definitely, like, see, I, I knew I was going to be a teacher, yeah. but, like, I would never have thought my life would look the way it does now yeah. as in high school. Yeah. So.
0: What does letting the light in mean to you? Ooh. I I love, like, the
1: intent of your podcast uh-huh. and just sharing, like, what people are going through and just life in general, and I think that's what light, letting the light in, like, being open to share what's going on and whether that's, like, a great thing or a hard thing, like it's all good in the sense of it's life yeah. and so yeah. um and just kind of being more honest with people like letting people in mm. yeah. so and yeah. just sharing about your experiences and like and I even think like sharing just anything is like sharing about God like mm. literally he's in the fabric of everything so like mm-hmm. sharing stories is
0: like telling of his faithfulness mm. and his goodness so
1: mm.
0: yeah so good uh for y'all that are teachers you know that teacher summers are precious so thank you for giving oh I the- loved it an hour, actually longer than that because we were talking before this, but, um, and we'll probably talk after this, but of your time this summer. And I know that people are gonna love this. You're the mom. Thank Thanks, you Kim. for being on. Love you. Okay, talk to you guys soon.